When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. Check the guys out live weekday mornings from 6 to 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, good morning, everybody. Jay and I today um, in studio. Under, you know, difficult circumstances in terms of, uh, you know, sports media broadcasting in the sense that usually it's rah-rah and all this exciting information and, Sports is, you know what, when ESPN first came on the air, and I remember this, Jay, I'm old enough to remember this, it was like, you know, back in the day, you only got um, three minutes of sports coverage at the end of your local news, three minutes. And so it's almost like you had to sit through dinner to get your dessert at the end, right? And then ESPN came out and said, you don't have to have dinner, you could have dessert all day. And I was like, oh my God, this is the greatest, right? And that's what we're used to doing. But then sometimes there are circumstances like last night and days like this where it's not you're coming into work and we're going to have a lot of fun. It's reporting and discussing you know, something that hopefully does not have a tragic ending. Bill safety, DeMar Hamlin, is today in critical condition after suffering cardiac arrest on the field during Monday Night Football in the Bills-Bengals game. First quarter of the game. He tackled T. Higgins, got up from the tackle, fell backwards, collapsed, like looked woozy and then fell on his back. At first, I thought, oh, it was helmet to helmet, I thought maybe. It was, you know, just to the naked eye. And maybe, he, you know, even though he was the tackler, he caught the worst of it and, and was concussed. But in fact, what appears to have happened is there was an, uh, a collision uh, against his chest and that stopped his heart. So the Bills said in a statement early Tuesday morning, this morning, that Hamlin, 24, had cardiac arrest following a hit in the first quarter against the Bengals. Hamlin collapsed, and the Bills said Hamlin's, quote, heartbeat was restored on the field. The Bills said Hamlin is sedated and in critical condition at University of Cincinnati Medical Center. Hamlin was taken off the field 16 minutes or so after he collapsed and driven by ambulance to the UC Medical Center. Hamlin's family came down from the stands. They were in attendance to be with him in the ambulance. So that's where we are right now, Jay, and we hope to bring people uh, encouraging news, more encouraging news throughout the day. People are anxious and are hoping to know and anxious to know that he'll be okay. I'm going to talk about DeMar Hamlin a lot today. Uh, there is something I would like to get off my chest, though, because I think it's conversations that I have with former and current athletes all the time. And it's why guys get angry. So, and I'm going to tie it all together, Max, so mm-hmm. bear with me. Mm-hmm. You know, there are times that players – myself included, you get sensitive to what fans say. 
And there are a lot of times I've heard fans call players bums. Oh, that guy's a bum. And you're like, well, that guy's one of 0.01% of the world that is playing on the highest, highest level. (laughs) He's not really the bum. He may not be 0.0001%, but he's part of a very elite, elite thing. I tell you that because it ties into an overall analogy about how I feel like players deal with things that go viral, things that get the attention of fans. It's something that Ryan Clark and I have had conversations about. We see viral hits all the time, and it's laughed at on social media, by fans in conversations. You see a guy get knocked out, and you're like, he got knocked out. Oh, look, you see that knockout, and it becomes a meme. It becomes something funny. But we as athletes always understand something different than what the fan does. Well, that guy isn't a bum, or that that could have been a career-ending hit. That could have been a life-threatening hit. And we saw an ugly side of football last night. But maybe when we see these things occur before we react and give knee-jerk assessments online to opinionists or to fans, just take a second and think, what if? Because we saw the other side of what if last night. And I just kind of want to state that because people jump to conclusions about what's going to happen and without saying names, certain opinionists. What's going to, I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Can we just focus on the, the player and can we say his name? Because he's not somebody that is just, oh, he's here today. You know, and there'll be somebody else that fills that spot tomorrow because that's typically how we look at sports. It's like, no, let's say his name. Let's say DeMar Hamlin and take a second to know who he is as a person and seeing videos of his mom and dad on the sidelines, Max, and hearing about what kind of person he is within his own community. That's a person that we may, we're still trying to find out if he's still going to be here with us. Just, I just want to provide that perspective because it, when we see it, it still bothers me when things like this occur and people just doesn't carry the same. Let me let me uh, let me levity, let me, let me respond to that, Jay, because you said a lot there, and I think it's valuable to hear the point of view of the athlete because the fact is it doesn't make some of the people who will start to extrapolate. Right from what just happened, and they start to make guesses about what may happen now as a result and take it onto the field of play instead of off the field of play to the human being. That's the way the human mind is wired, mm-hmm. right? It doesn't make them bad people. No, I It makes them bad. human beings, particularly when, when the, you know, members of the media or fans or whomever, um, particularly when they talked about it for a while, because you naturally start to think after you've gone over it, of course you feel bad, you wish the best for them. Then you start to think, what does this mean? Because you're still on the subject and you look for new avenues for the subject. But that's why it's important to have, just because that may be human nature, if we don't know the person, if they're at a distance, if we see them as characters rather than as people, you know, characters on a screen instead of real human beings, that doesn't mean that we can't become sensitized over time to the, humani- to, the, to the human component of it. And especially it's valuable to hear of people who have been in the arena and what you guys 
feel about the coverage sometimes and how it can be dehumanizing. It doesn't mean that people won't continue to do that because, as I said, that's the way you know, the human mind works. But the human mind can also be sensitized to it. So I, I think that's a good point. It's, it's a, a necessary point to bring up the point you just brought up. Meantime, DeMar Hamlin, the person, is in critical condition. As far as we know at this moment, he suffered cardiac arrest on the field after an impact where he tackled T. Higgins. He was the tackler. Of course, he's the defensive back. But um, he apparently was traumatized in his chest, and it stopped his heart. Ben Baby, ESPN Cincinnati Bengals reporter, discussed DeMar Hamlin, the person with us earlier today, and play some of that now. I think all you need to know is just look out, look at the outpouring of support from from everybody involved. I know that it's it's made the rounds now. His fundraiser, uh, you know that he that he was involved with, you know that that's well over a million dollars, and that that happened pretty quickly overnight. You talk to people who dealt with him uh, extensively in Buffalo, and they just say nothing but positive things about him. There were some ties, uh, obviously, with, with Pittsburgh. Uh, there were a couple guys from Pittsburgh here on the Bengals roster. Uh, they, you saw them tweeting out support uh, in favor of Zamar Hamlin. It's by, by all accounts just someone who, who really was a, a very is a very solid person on and off the field. So that's some of some reporting on Demar Hamlin, the person. I thought yesterday's last night's coverage um, was was you know effective in terms of focusing on the person. It was very difficult to hear that he rode to the stadium with his mom, that his parents were in the stands. I mean, a young guy, and it was a freak kind of play. I say freak play because, look, if you have however many plays in a game with 11 guys on each side of the field, you have 22 guys with collisions on, with 32 different teams playing 17 times, play after play after play, something like this is inevitable. The question is how prepared is the league to respond to it? Apparently, they were very prepared. But just given the numbers of repetitions of such a, a, a physical and violent sport, it's going to happen. And, of course, even though you want to stay focused on DeMar Hamlin, you do wonder, as you brought up earlier today, Jay, how you go back to playing football. There's the concern for the person, and there's also the realization that even if the odds are not very high, they're not on any given play, but it could happen. Watching the game last night, I told you that I got up and I started pacing around. And every time we went to commercial break, it gave me even more anxiety. So, you know, a lot of times within TV or radio – more so TV than radio because we're a little bit more, we have longer runway to actually articulate our thoughts. But a lot of times in TV, if you get asked a question, typically you have a producer in your ear, maybe you have two minutes to answer the question. You have to be very succinct, right? And there's a moments that happen in TV, Max, where have you ever been stumped and maybe you take a two or even that delay right there, it feels uncomfortable. Yeah. There was an extended, uncomfortable silence last night. 
And that delay translates to in the game, there's always movement going on. You're always next play. What am I engaged in? What's the scouting report? You know, what's the time situation? What did this guy say to me? You're always engaged. And to see everybody's stillness last night created such a sense of urgency and a helplessness where there was nothing you could do. It was an eerie scene. And hopefully, Jay, the reporting will be good today. And we'll, and we'll be right. able to bring you some good news uh, on DeMar Hamlin, the Bills' defensive back, who at the moment, as far as we know, is in critical condition in the hospital. We'll have coverage and updates throughout the day on ESPN and ESPN Radio. More KJM next. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric e-bikes today, the number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus, electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-B-I-K-S.com. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. Thought we'd be talking about this great game, Bengals and Bills and all the stuff and NBA action and all this. And then in the first quarter of the game last night, something occurred that just reset the, uh, everyone's focus in the sports world for the time being. Um, and that's Bill's safety, DeMar Hamlin, went into cardiac arrest after a collision in the game with Bengals receiver T. Higgins. Of course, Hamlin's the defensive player. He's the one doing the tackling. But after the play, he got up and then looked woozy and fell straight back. Originally, I thought maybe it's a concussion maybe helmet to helmet. It was hard to see as it happened in real time. But then it turns out an impact to the chest may have, uh, an impact to the chest caused the cardiac arrest. He is in critical condition at the moment in a nearby hospital in Cincinnati. Dr. Benjamin Abella, Director of Center for Resuscitation Science at the University of Pennsylvania, is with us now. Dr. Abella, good morning. Good morning. Good morning. It's good to be with you. Thank you for being with us. Um, can you explain exactly to our audience what cardiac arrest means and how it could be triggered in this situation? Yeah, so cardiac arrest is when the heart stops beating abruptly. It happens often without warning and can be caused by a variety of things. We don't know in this case what caused 
the cardiac arrest, but we do know he had it. And we know he had cardiac arrest because he received cardiopulmonary resuscitation or chest compressions. And that's only given if someone's heart stops beating. So cardiac arrest is the most fatal disease in medicine. If action is not taken, if CPR is not started, it's a hundred percent fatal. Doc, um, we keep hearing a ton of speculation about, you know, how long before he became resuscitated, um, without having all the facts here though, but like how long can the brain actually act or operate without oxygen coming to it? So it turns out the brain is very sensitive to the lack of blood flow. And for every minute that someone is in cardiac arrest without CPR, the chance of survival falls by about 10 to 15% for every minute. So the fact that they got CPR started right away is very helpful and, and gives us some cause for hope. That said, he was down for a while. I mean, I, I hate to speculate. It was hard to tell from the television, but it, it seemed he was in cardiac arrest and receiving CPR for, what, 10 minutes, maybe a little longer. That's worrisome. Um, when when someone needs CPR for that long without getting their heart beat back, there's often a concern for brain injury. And, and that's really the big concern right now. And what they're going to be doing in the hospital to care for him is a, a number of uh, medical treatments as part of a post-cardiac arrest treatment plan. And the general goal is to restore brain health as best we can. Uh, I have a couple of questions based on that answer, Dr. Sure. Dr. Benjamin Abella, Director of Center for Resuscitation Science at University of Pennsylvania with us on Keyshawn J. Will and Max ESPN Radio right now. Um, number one, it in terms of outcomes, you talk about how the, it falls for every minute that you don't get the CPR going, right? Um, right, right. But that's for his survival, which, of course, that's the first thing. But the next thing that's is right. kind of functioning after surviving if we do get that good news in terms of the time between when the impact occurred or when the, the, the event occurred and when CPR was started, are there, are there, is there information about the kind of prognosis in the event of survival in terms of brain function and that sort of thing? Yeah, so, so brain function and survival track pretty closely. And what I mean by that is the longer you're down – the less chance of survival. And if you do survive, the more risk of brain injury. So it, it's really, uh, unfortunately, going to be touch and go. He was down long enough that there is a significant risk of brain injury. Now, that said, I do this work for a living, and I see many patients in his exact situation make full recovery. So it is at least possible uh, I can't say probable or not. There's so many factors. For example, the quality of CPR has a big role. What his underlying condition may have been that caused the cardiac arrest will play an important role. So, so there's many factors that we are not yet fully aware of, and I'm, I'm sure the physicians in Cincinnati will be forthcoming in, in the next few days. I will say this, that it will take days. Brain recovery from cardiac arrest is slow. And I suspect we actually may not learn much more today on his condition. Patients are usually comatose. They're usually in an ICU setting. They're often sedated. And the care for the brain after cardiac arrest occurs over several days. One of the key treatments is something known as targeted temperature management, where the brain is actually cooled slightly, and this improves the healing process. Dr. Um, 
you mentioned an, an, another follow-up from your previous answer that the length of time that one receives CPR without the heart starting on its own or without the heart being restarted is um, the, the length of time, the longer it is, the, the worse the prognosis in terms of brain recovery. And I'm pr- obviously primarily interested in his survival, as everyone is, and then, to be frank, brain damage. You don't want, you want to minimize brain damage. Um, why right. is it that the length of CPR, where it would, uh, and correct me if I'm wrong, but you're now introducing oxygen to the body and to the brain, why is the length of that, however the oxygen is getting there, bad for the prognosis uh, in terms of brain function after the fact? It's a great question. And the answer is that CPR is only partially effective in moving blood around the body. It works, but kind of just barely. It moves blood at a rate that you really want heart function itself. There's nothing like a beating heart. And so CPR is sort of a a band-aid. It keeps blood moving. It keeps a trickle of blood to the brain, but it's insufficient. And so you just don't want to be in a CPR state for too long. I see. Um. Doc, I, I do want to, what are, what are there, I mean, obviously without having all the information, what are, what are the next steps? Like how long? Yeah. You know, like I, I, and I know there's different, you know, points that you could put together of all your different patients, but typically when something like this were to occur, like what is that process like? Sure. So when patients arrive in the emergency department after cardiac arrest, and and we see this almost every day in emergency departments around the country, what happens is a set of interventions that occur over uh, hours to days. And this is part of what's called a post-cardiac arrest bundle. And so the patient is usually put on a breathing machine, on a ventilator. Uh, They're kept comfortable, uh, sedated, given pain medicines and so forth. And there's sort of three major things that are done. One is this temperature management program called targeted temperature management, where in general, uh, fevers are uh, controlled. That is, we really want to avoid fever. And often brain temperature is actually lowered depending on the situation to reduce brain swelling and improve brain recovery. The other key thing is very careful management of blood pressure. You want to maintain a good pressure of blood into the brain so that the blood can get there, the oxygen can get there, and healing can be promoted. And then the third thing is general support of organs, because just like the brain takes a hit in cardiac arrest, other organs do as well. And so there's a number of things we do to manage electrolytes, kidney function, liver function. And this occurs over several days. The the cooling process generally is 24 hours in many hospitals protocols, um, but then it takes several days beyond that to see if the brain will recover. In fact, one of the hardest things for families, friends, supporters in a cardiac arrest situation is is the weight. Uh, The brain is still a mysterious organ. We still have very um, rudimentary tools to know whether someone's brain will recover. And so sometimes it takes as many as three, four, or five days after a cardiac arrest event before we can really get a more clear picture about what recovery looks like. And so there's going to be a very tense and difficult waiting game that I think is going to continue over the next few days, unfortunately. Dr. Benjamin Abella, Director, Center for Resuscitation Science at the University of Pennsylvania. You can follow him, by the way, at Benjamin Abella. Doctor, thank you very much for your time this morning. Thanks, Doc. Thank you. And let's let's pray for recovery.
For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. The Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max podcast. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, ESPN Radio. So, Bill's safety, DeMar Hamlin, as you just heard, remains in critical condition after suffering cardiac arrest after his tackle of T. Higgins. A play that at first looked like maybe it was a concussion, the way he got up from the tackle. He was the tackler, of course. He's a defensive player. And then fell backwards. Uh, it was not a concussion. It was what then appeared to be a trauma to his chest. And that apparently resulted in cardiac arrest, although Dr. Abella, who was just on the show, intimated early on that, may, that, that, that could be a reason, but there, it may not necessarily be that, the reason for the cardiac arrest. Ryan Clark, J. Will, um, was, was talking to Scott Van Pelt last night on SportsCenter. Of course, his reaction to DeMar Hamlin is especially... Um, incisive because he's he went through his own health scare as mm. playing the same position in the NFL as a player. Here is our friend Ryan Clark. And so many times in this game and in our job as well, we use the cliches, you know, I'm ready to die for this. I'm willing to give my life for this. It's, it's time to go to war. And I think sometimes we use those things so much we forget that part of living this dream is putting your life at risk. And tonight, you know, we got to see a side of football that is extremely ugly, a side of football that no one ever, that side of football that no one ever wants to see mm-hmm. or never wants to admit exists. When you see both teams on the field crying in that way, your first thought is DeMar Hamlin. Yep. The second thought is his family. And this isn't about a football player. Right. This is about a human. This is about a brother. This is about a son. This is about a friend. This is about someone who is loved by so many that you have to watch go through this. I um, I dealt with this before and I watched my teammates for days come to my hospital bed and just cry. I had them call me and tell me that they didn't think I was going to make it. And now this team has to deal with that and they have no answers. Mm -hmm. And so the next time I think that we get upset at our favorite fantasy player or we're, we're upset that the, the guy on our team doesn't make the play and we're saying he's worthless and we're saying you get to make all this money, we should remember that these men are putting their lives on the line to live their dream. And tonight, DeMar Hamlin's dream became a nightmare for not only himself, but his family and his entire team. First off, Ryan Clark is absolutely right. And thank goodness we had somebody – responsible who could articulate 
the overall theme of what we should pay attention to on a show of that magnitude. Probably the most watched game this year that this moment happened. Thank goodness for Ryan Clark. Let me tell you, I just want to commend Ryan for a second. And it's not to take anything away from the DeMar situation because we will talk about that. But when you have a situation that you've gone through something similar to then go up on TV and have to find the words when you're extremely emotional because you're bringing your own baggage to the table, to the platform, to thread that needle, he did it brilliantly. I went through something similar to a degree with Kobe Bryant. Now, I just want to commend that because, frankly, last night I was anxious, worried, I prayed, and then I became extremely pissed off, Max. And I'm just going to address it because I know we address things on our show that other shows will not. The knee-jerk hot takes from people about football, get out of here. Get out of here with that. I'll say his name, Skip Ellis, get out of here with that. Now, I know he came back and he apologized later. But to sit up there and talk about what's going to happen with the game, and I know that's naturally where your mind may lead to. You may think that because our job is to talk about sports, but to then turn that into Twitter fingers and not take a second to reflect about what the bigger picture here is, what are we doing? Are we just doing this for hot takes and what's going to happen to the season and what's going to happen to my fantasy league and the implications? No, I don't care about that. While a man is on the field who may lose his life. I was appalled by that last night. So then to see Ryan Clark get up on that platform and speak the way he did, said, thank goodness from the beings above that we had somebody responsible in a moment that needed somebody to provide clarity about what was really important, Max. No, Jay, I hear what you're saying. Sometimes when something like this happens, where you're angry, you know, because anger re-empowers you. You feel helpless when you see something like this, right? You're helpless. You want it to be okay, but you have no power over the situation. So you get angry because now you feel, you feel mm-hmm. strong again. And it's a re-empowering emotion. So the anger, like, needs an object, no, no, Max. And, and I would okay. say that, that members of the media who err on the side of their professional responsibility over their humanity, I think your reaction is justified to say, wait a minute, I, that needs to be checked. I think, for me, that you, you need more humanity in this moment and less kind of professionalism or less you know, careerism. But I think it's professionalism or careerism, call it careerism, because that takes into account ambition, right? Or ego. But I think that it's good to have like a a learning moment there rather than just to castigate, rather than to say bad, you know, someone say, hold on a second. Let's refocus this over here. But I do think a lot of times, for example, you'll notice when a, a tragedy occurs or something very bad happens People are looking for someone to get mad at, and someone who takes a wrong step publicly then becomes the target because who else is there to get mad at? I, I don't carry any anger. I'm, I'm just calling it for what it was. I, I didn't channel my anger towards that certain individual and Skip Bayless. It's just there's a theme that's occurred where you see habits over time of reacting in ways where it's not about the human being. It's more so about the sport. 
And it seems like things are said for hot takes. Well, and, and then hot taking becomes a sport, right? Yeah. Yes. Um, Dominique Foxworth, ESPN NFL analyst and former NFL player, was on Get Up this morning. And his anger is, and I'm telling you, Jay, people get angry and it's directed somewhere. That it's to someone. And in his case, he has a different target. But listen. One of the more surprising things is like how angry I felt last night. Mm. And I think a lot of people probably felt angry because I had to like throw my phone in the corner and I left my hotel. and I just walked around the city for a couple hours because looking at social media, everyone's mad at Roger Goodell for not acting fast enough. You're mad at football. You're mad at this. You're mad at all because you don't know what to do with that emotion. And I understand people process differently. But watching everyone else get angry made me angry, frankly. Because, and this is where my union background, I think, ties in some, Mm. is y'all don't give a damn about us for real, (laughs) you know? And that's what, like, really pisses me off is everyone's up in arms and everyone's, like, grandstanding to a degree about how much you care about these players and how much you are praying for them. But football's not going to go away, nor do I want it to go away. It's far too lucrative and people love it too much, including the players. But what I would hope is that... (laughs) Away from moments like this, you remember that these things can happen. But see, Max, and he threaded the needle even better than I did. It's about people that only cared about the end result and what that means for their team and what that means for the overall. What does this mean for the playoffs and other things? That's where, yeah, there should be anger towards that because we're focused on the individual player that's trying to fight for his life. I would suggest to you, Jay, that had everyone behaved perfectly in concert, everyone. Immediate medical, and apparently the medical reaction was good from the NFL, apparently. So the reporting so far, we'll see in the end what shakes out. But apparently the right decisions were made by the league, by the teams. Um, Even if every fan struck just the right note, you'd still be angry. We would be because because we have no control over the situation and, and the anger would find a target would find an object. And, and so like, I, I relate to what Dominique Foxworth is saying because sometimes if you are rational about it, you know, this is the nature of things. This is a very bad event that took place. I'm upset. And, and maybe we don't need to target someone, uh, in order to, to make ourselves feel better. I mean, the fact is we do, but we should maybe be aware that that's what we're doing. Academically, you probably broke me down. There probably is anger that needs to be channeled at somebody, right? Like, I, I understand that. But I don't know, Max. I, I feel like I have a responsibility that when I go on TV or when I go on radio, the words that come out of my mouth matter. And it, more than anybody, it matters to me. And I think words also translate to Twitter fingers. What you put out, owning something is fine. I hear you. But in certain moments where the gravity is so thick and real, it, it only feels like only a non-player would not look at that and say, or like, Nate, that's not even the correct terminology. No, I'm not. Somebody so, by who's the way, not Jay, in tune with the who, severity of the moment would just think about that. I'm, I, I'm, and, and then actually, Max, I don't mind if you think about it, but just because you think about it doesn't mean that you have to then relay that on a platform nationally to everybody. You can yeah. think about I think about a lot of stuff that I don't say or I don't tweet. I'm not saying any of, uh, any of that is not valid. I'm saying that we should just maybe keep in mind the proportion 
of the, the kind of anger that we feel maybe is disproportional to the behavior of the individual, possibly, because okay. it does need to express itself. We have coverage and updates throughout the day on ESPN. DeMar Hamlin in critical condition after suffering cardiac arrest on the field after a collision last night on Monday Night Football. More KJM next. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors. I do, you do, we all do. Big, small. And when we keep them bottled up, as I sometimes have had happen in the past, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who've experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash unsportsmanlike today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash unsportsmanlike. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. Bill safety, DeMar Hamlin is in critical condition after suffering cardiac arrest after a collision on the field Monday night football last night, Bengals-Bills. He was, of course, the tackler. He's the defensive back. T. Higgins, the receiver, they collided, and it was it was um, Demar Hamlin who was the worst for the wear. He stood up after the play, and then swayed and fell straight on his back. At first, I thought maybe a, it seemed to me a concussion. That's what I assumed it was, some kind of head trauma. But apparently, the the impact was against the chest, and then he. DeMar Hamlin went into cardiac arrest, so it is reasonable to infer that the impact caused the cardiac arrest. We had Dr. Benjamin Abella, Director, Center for Resuscitation Science at um, UPenn, uh, earlier today to explain cardiac arrest. Cardiac arrest is when the heart stops beating abruptly. It happens often without warning and can be caused by a variety of things. We don't know in this case what caused the cardiac arrest, but we do know he had it. And we know he had cardiac arrest because he received cardiopulmonary resuscitation or chest compressions. And that's only given if someone's heart stops beating. So cardiac arrest is the most fatal disease in medicine. If action is not taken, if CPR is not started, it's 100% fatal. So, you know, we it, 
he talked about, well, listen, it's 100% fatal. You got to get the heart started. Right? If, if someone goes into cardiac arrest and nothing is done, they will die. He went on to talk about the importance of the immediacy of the CPR. Listen. So it turns out the brain is very sensitive to the lack of blood flow. And for every minute that someone is in cardiac arrest without CPR, the chance of survival falls by about 10 to 15% for every minute. So the fact that they got CPR started right away is very helpful and, and gives us some cause for hope. That said, he was down for a while. I mean, I, I hate to speculate. It was hard to tell from the television, but it, it seemed he was in cardiac arrest and receiving CPR for, what, 10 minutes, maybe a little longer. That's worrisome. When, when someone needs CPR for that long without getting their heart beat back, there's often a concern for brain injury. And, and that's really the big concern right now. And I, I followed up with Dr. Abella, uh, Jay, earlier asking him, because it seems to me, wait, the longer you're getting CPR, the worse the brain recovery. Why would that be? It seems to me CPR is getting the oxygen to the brain, but apparently it, it's like a Band-Aid, according, that's a quote from Dr. Abella, that it does not do nearly the job of moving blood around the body and oxygen to the brain that the heart does. And so the longer you're in CPR without the heart beating itself, the worse off the prognosis for full brain recovery is. Um, Dan Graziano, ESPN NFL insider, was with us uh, earlier today and talked about the medical response. Listen to this. An NFL field, if you're going to have an event like this, is not a it's not a terrible place. Like they are highly trained medical professionals on those sidelines, and it sounds like he benefited from that. To the right, that, that the statement says that they restarted his heart on the field. Like that is obviously remarkable, and and uh, and and a testament to the work those people did in a in a short and difficult amount of time. Jay, your thoughts? I mean, there's so much to unpack. Max, first and foremost, sitting up there praying all last night that he is able to pull out of this, first and foremost. What does that mean, pull out of it? Because we're talking about a spectrum of outcomes. Yeah, well, that's that's where it gets challenging, staying alive. That's number one. Staying alive. Now He's alive right now. He's alive right now, um, but still going through that time frame where you're still in that spot – that's challenging. So we hope that he pulls out of that. How he pulls out of that, brain functionality-wise, will be something else that we'll find out. I, I, I do want to say this, though, from somebody that's experienced it um, a couple of times now and how it's affected me. And I only have my own situation, but I, I have, Max, seen – like I saw somebody pass away in a motorcycle accident on I-95 – Literally saw this guy get hit, got out of our car, ran towards him. People were trying to help, and I watched it happen. That has affected me my whole life. This is before this or is after? Before. This is before, before your my motorcycle own, my accident. Own accident. Before my own accident. And that's a lot to unpack for me about why even I even decided to jump on my own. Something else about what frame of mind I was in there. But that was years later, and it, that affects you for all those players in that moment, even though they saw him card out and not really knowing. But, you know, 
doc, the doctor that came on our show talked about this, like the next four to five days and really saying it being in a state of worry for the family, because you don't know how somebody, if they are lucky enough to pull out how they pull out. So if we're talking about the players being an extended version of the family, what are they dealing with right now as well? checking on their teammate, checking on their brother, seeing what's going on, trying to visit the hospital, probably not being allowed to visit, not getting information from the team, trying to get information from resources or the media. It's everything is lost right now. You're just discombobulated. Like how can anybody function? Especially members of that team, yet alone the family. A couple of things, Jay. Um, one, you saw that motorcycle accident before your own and chose to get back on your motorcycle. But you didn't make a living by riding a motorcycle. That was more of a choice for you. Yes. The teammates and others in the fraternity of the NFL, the, insofar it is, as it is a fraternity, the, the other players on other teams even, um, have to make the decision to continue playing football. And that's how they make a living. And there are very few who could ever make close to the living they can make playing football. Some can, but most can. This is, this is their greatest opportunity in life, professionally. So we talk a lot about, you know, Ryan Clark, for example, struck me as a player, as a fearless kind of player. And you have to be fearless to get back out there. But in fact, that's, that shortchanges the players because fearlessness presupposes... The ab- that that there is not courage involved. If you're fe- if you don't experience the fear, it's not you're not being brave. You can you cannot be brave in the absence of fear. In fact, these players, uh, like Ryan Clark, um, are much more than much something much bigger than fearless, which is they are truly brave to do what they do, even though there is economic incentive in all of that. But it takes real bravery because these players have to face down the potential for a tragic event at any moment. And even if the odds aren't very high that it's going to, this is freakish. I've never seen anything quite like this in years and years and years of watching football. They got to deal with that. And uh, it's a lot. Bill's safety, DeMar Hamlin, in critical condition, as far as we know at the moment, after suffering cardiac arrest, he's in a Cincinnati hospital. Um, we're going to have coverage and updates throughout the day on ESPN and ESPN Radio. Uh, and we're going to try to stay focused on DeMar Hamlin, but it is natural sometimes to wonder the impl- you know, what are the implications of this in terms of the effect it could have on his teammates, on the league, etc. We do not mean to be insensitive to DeMar Hamlin or his family or his loved ones or his teammates, but we will try to stay as focused as possible on his situation and and give you updates throughout the day. More KJ up next. Thanks for listening to Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. Check the guys out live weekday mornings from 6 to 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. 
With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.